we had uh, we had an appointment to go see a psychic, and it was for my wife. It wasn't for me, and I was just I was just there for support. And we we got there, and soon we sat down. She looked at me and she said, "Do you?" just lost somebody didn't you and she says i mean like really really recent and i was a little set back because my grandfather had literally just passed away that morning and she said i can't tell the name but his name starts with a b you ever wonder what mediums do with their free time how about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder what the fuck just happened? Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with such an interesting guest. His name is Kyle Yates. I was on his podcast. So, Kyle, introduce yourself to our guest. Well, I am Kyle Coyote Yates, and I am the owner and host of uh, the Vibes Broadcast Network. I do two shows on there that are uh, Listen to the Vibes and Into the Bit. Seem to have a curiosity in the inexplicable. And that was definitely something that made us first connect. I guess describe what your podcast is about, because I think it's something our listeners would love too. Well, um, I, let me start off um, from the beginning. Because uh, when I got into podcasting, it was strictly paranormal. And that's my show, Into the Pit. Uh, you know, I'm a paranormal investigator. And it just, that wasn't enough for me. So I got into podcasting to get other investigators on and talk to uh, the, those paranormal investigators you see on TV. 
and uh, I, I ended up meeting an actor. His name's Adrian Paul. And when I met Adrian, I'm like, how do you not invite somebody like that on your show? But how do you incorporate this guy onto a paranormal show? Well, it it was a little odd, but it worked. But I said, I've, I've got to do something different. And I've had some health issues, a few other things that uh, I, I wanted to help other people. And there's folks out there that need inspiration. And there's a lot of negativity, podcasting and YouTube and all that. I wanted to do something different. So I started listening to the vibes where I can interview any array of people. I got actors, musicians, life coaches, entrepreneurs, authors, comedians, just all these different people that can, can tell their story and hopefully inspire somebody else that, you know, they can pursue what they want to do in life. So a podcast sounds very good for curious, open-minded people, which I think are very much our listeners here. So I'm going to ask you, obviously also being a paranormal investigator is very interesting to our listeners here. How did you get involved in that? Well, first of all, I've had experiences throughout my life. And, you know, quite honestly, I didn't know that that was a thing. I mean, it's been going on for probably over a century, but I, I didn't know it was a thing until I saw Ghost Hunters on TV. And I'm sitting there just... I'm, I'm so enthralled with this show. I said, you know what? I'm, I am going to join a team. And not only am I going to join a team and be an investigator, but I am going to investigate with those guys one day. And I'm going to have my own team. And those dreams did come true. And if you want to know how I got on the team, that's another good story. Yes, I think we do want to know that. Let's hear. <laughs> well, make a long story short, my first wife left me and I was on my own for about 10 years. And I'm, I met my wife online that I have now. And uh, I, I asked her out on a date after, I guess we'd been talking for like two or three months. And anyway, we were all set to go on the date. She messages me the day of and says, look, I'm sorry, I can't go. And I'm bummed out thinking, okay, another one's flaked out on me. I'm ready to give up on this online dating stuff. But she kept texting me all night. And finally, I got up the nerve and I'm like, what are you doing that you can text me, but we couldn't go out on a date? And it, it took her a little while before she answered, but she figured, you know, I might as well know what she does. She goes, well, I'm a paranormal investigator and we're on an emergency case because there's a kid involved and kids getting hurt. And I had to go. And my next reaction was, well, marry me now. <laughs> but they, they actually had an opening on the team and I tried out and I got on the team. Amazing. That's such a cute story too. I mean, that's so much cuter than I was expecting. Now, you said you'd had interesting experiences. Can you share some of the first ones you ever had and how old you were then? Well, the first one that I had, I think I was around five or six years old, and I was staying over at my grandparents' house. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I sat up in the bed for some reason, and I looked at the the doorway coming in 
And here's a what looked like a suit of armor standing in the door. And I'm just, uh, you know, a little kid. I'm kind of freaked out, throw the covers over my head, and I peeked out, and it was gone. But that was the first thing that ever happened. The second one, which this one's a little bit harder for me to explain away, is that uh, I used to collect those little Hot Wheel cars, and I had a shelf that I, I kept them on. And I'm, I'm very anal when it comes to like, my, my collections. You know, I, everything has to be in a, a certain order. So I had them all facing the same direction. But there was one car that was made out of wood that I had built in my grandpa's shop. And it was facing the same direction as the other cars. But when I'd get up in the morning, it'd be facing the opposite direction. And so I'd get up and I'd turn around. I, I explained it away as I thought my little brother was doing it. But how in the world is he going to climb over me in the middle of the night and not wake me up and move it on my shelf? Because the shelf was literally over the top of my bed. And that kept happening. So that happened multiple times. The same car would keep facing different ways. Mm-hmm. That would happen just about every morning. And I, you know, it eventually stopped, but I couldn't figure out how in the heck is this one car moving on its own. And then later on, I moved out. This is when I was, I had just graduated high school, moved in with a friend of mine. And where he lived was in a pretty historical part of our town. Right down the road is the Sage Center Monument. Then there was the, the Sage Center Battleship. And, of course, the Battle of San Jacinto happened right there in the area where his home's at. And in that house, I remember one evening looking out the window and seeing somebody running across the yard. Well, I, I jumped up to go see who the heck could be running across our yard. And they were gone. And if they had hopped the fence... Well, they would have went down a large concrete embankment and they would have at least broke some bones anyway, but there was nobody there. And then another night I I went to bed and I woke up with my stereo on. Well, you might say, oh, that could have been a power surge, except it was one of those old stereos that had the big square buttons on it that you had to push in to turn it on. Well, that was on and it was playing and um, I couldn't figure out how in the heck did that happen (laughs) that's all pretty interesting stuff i'm gonna just ask your opinion on this because i know there's kind of a question in paranormal investigation first of all with like the possible ghosts you were seeing i know there's a question are they hauntings or apparitions like are they consciousness of someone who's passed or imprints like when you watch a movie have you heard that question that a lot of investigators wonder And I'm curious your thoughts on that. Well, for some instances, I would say that they're more than likely imprints. Um, You know, like wood and things in in homes, they act kind of like a recorder in a way. And they can pick up these imprints of of certain energy and it will kind of replay itself at some time. But I'm in belief that, you know, we're, we're made of energy and, you know, the in science, you can you can transfer energy, but you can't destroy it. So I think once you're you're dead, then that energy is left over to 
you know, roam around. If it hadn't got transferred in a certain way, then it's left to roam around. And all memories, too, literally. I mean, I don't know memories. I mean, that kind of implies in our brains, but all occurrences are stored in light. If you were to travel at past the speed of light faster, which as far as we know, we can't do, you would actually see everything that's occurred in the light rays like it goes out and travels through the universe when you look at the sun you're seeing rays from a little bit in the past and this is just being explored even more with all the space signals we're trying to get and signals we're sending out to send images back that we're seeing like close to billions of years ago is i when i think about that why could memories or experiences not imprint in certain moments and not travel perfectly. I mean, it's getting a little out there, but there's so much we still don't understand. I somehow, if I could guess that those two would tie in with each other in some way. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. There's things that we still can't explain. Maybe we'll find out the answer one day, but I think the fun is trying to find out. I think it's really fun too. I think there's parts we might never be able to figure out, just our brains might not be able to wrap our minds around it just the way like we can't see certain colors on the spectrum but i mean we're just we learn more every few years with science and it's just remarkable like we look back 200 years ago and we feel like we know nothing and in 200 years we're going to look back and feel like we knew nothing now think of it like this let's see you know we're on a uh, a frequency our our molecules atoms whatever they they vibrate at a certain frequency and so what you're what you see happens to be on a frequency that we can see but is there a frequency above ours or below ours that we can't see and it's another dimension other people are seeing and what if somehow those frequencies kind of get close and we're actually seeing another dimension we already know there's frequencies we can't hear or see that just nor I hate using the word normal, but you know, like creatures like dogs that are just part of our everyday world can hear and see. So to think that's all there is, is so limited. And some people scoff at this or dismiss this, but Stephen Hawking actually was talking about the possibility of seeing shadow people from other dimensions. And there's a lot more substance to these type of things, I think, than people necessarily realize. And it just, it makes so much sense. Why would there not be bunches of other frequencies and our human bodies only pick up on a small amount of them? And I'm sure it goes so much beyond infrared and ultraviolet and what dogs and cats and other species hear and see. So many people don't even think dogs or cats have emotions or if it's not like a human, it's like no other consciousness really has anything to it. And we're already learning through science that's completely not true for animals and other species. They just perceive things in ways we can't even begin to understand. So I just think we only see a tiny slice when we're here on the planet anyway. Yeah, I have a natural curiosity for those kind of things. My wife will tell you I have no curiosity because when somebody does something and I'm supposed to get all the details from what they did and I don't. (laughs) Then then you're not curious. (laughs) Then I'm not curious, but... I mean, I mean, like history and, and science and all that. I'm, even though I'm not the smartest person in the world, I, I still have this curiosity for it. And I think that's part of why I wanted to be a, a paranormal investigator. And I'm, I stuck 
mostly to, to ghosts and things like that. But now, after talking to people that are into cryptids and UFOs and aliens, I'm starting to get a curiosity for that, too, because kind of find some of that a little bit more feasible. This is where I, I didn't believe it before. Uh, same thing with, with psychics. I thought uh, that's just parlor tricks until I actually sat down with the psychic and she was telling me things that, uh, and I know this might sound cliche, she was telling me things there's no way she could have known. I'm curious details that just, I don't know how to explain it. So I'm going to make sure we talk about all of this stuff. And I agree is to think all this was nonsense, except beings on other planets. I just would look out in space as a little kid and see just endless and, you know, knew there must be multiple solar systems. And how could there not be just creatures like, I don't know whether human or not, but living on other planets. But I want to ask you about the psychic and I want to back up. Let's because. I mean, there's so much. I'm going to keep you on for five hours and you're going to hate me. It's cool with me. I got the rest of the day open. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, but maybe I'll make you come back on again. So I'm going to back up more about, so you shared some of your experiences you had before becoming a paranormal investigator. Now on any of the investigations, what would you say is the most, like what I would call what the fuck experience that you saw that you cannot come up with a normal explanation for? Well... I'm starting to become a believer in fairies. And you say, that's crazy. But I think I've captured them on camera twice. And if you want to know the story behind that, I'd be glad to share that one. Yes, please. And why you would conclude it's a fairy. And what exactly do you mean by a fairy? Like a human-shaped body with, like, wings that has the intelligence of a human? Yes. <laughs> so tell me why and why you don't think it's a dragonfly or i mean just tell the story okay well i uh I, my one of my first investigations was at a place in spring texas and this home had um, been vacated and so we got free reign the whole house is completely empty we did a sweep of the whole place there's nothing in this house i mean nothing not a not a fly not an ant nothing's in here and there was one point where I was upstairs by myself walking through this room. And on the video, you see something fly behind me and disappear. Okay. Most people would look at it and say, oh, that's just a moth. And then it flew out of camera. Okay. I can probably agree with that. But one of the ladies there had taken out her cell phone and she was pointing it at the the screen and she was videoing it so she could put it on her Facebook page. And we played it back and forth several times like, oh, what in the world is that? And I, I was the first one to say, that's just a bug. It's just a bug. But eventually somebody noticed there was a voice on there. And as it's flying behind me, the voice says, that was me. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. Well, I wouldn't say creepy. It didn't sound creepy. It just, it sounded like somebody was there just saying, hey, that was me. Yeah. But, well, as far as that story goes, I'll, I'll, I'm pretty much telling that one. But there's another one where I see it again. Okay. Let me, uh, oh, you see it again. Okay. Because I was going to offer an alternative explanation than a fairy. And I wanted, I wasn't there. So I want your opinion on it. It's still pretty remarkable. Still really remarkable. 
but I guess I'm I'm curious, you know, why do you conclude it's a fairy? Because it could still be something completely remarkable. It could be um, a bug, like a beautiful bug. And they say that our discarnate consciousness, like after we pass away, the consciousness can direct birds, you know, birds use their... I mean, someone smarter than me will be able to explain this better, but they use their, they have a navigation system that follows the magnetic waves. And so maybe bugs, not gross bugs, again, like a beautiful dragonfly. Why could a consciousness not be directing a beautiful bug like that or reflecting a light and then pressing on, you know, however they do it saying that was me, you know, whether they press on the recordings, why would the conclusion be a fairy? The reason being is that I've had more than one psychic tell me that it's a fairy. Um, it, and I don't know if you say it's like your typical like Tinkerbell fairy, uh, but it's an elemental of some sort. And another video, I'm sitting on a bed trying to get some EVPs, and it looks exactly the same. It flies into the picture, but it flies through my body, literally through my chest and out of my back, or vice versa. I don't remember. But anyway, it flies through me. And unfortunately, we didn't have recording devices on those cameras, or you know, maybe we could have picked something up. But I, I sat there and I reversed it and I looked at it and every time you can see it fly in and out of me. And apparently, according to multiple psychics, that I have um, fairies that are kind of there to watch over me while I'm doing these investigations. And um, maybe part of my Celtic heritage, I, I don't know. I, I leave it up to people to look at it, draw your own conclusion. I'm not going to say, oh, that is definitely what it is. Maybe somebody has a better explanation for it. Yeah, I was just putting it out there because I like to play with the ideas. I mean, who knows? This is so wait, I want to hear about this fairy or whatever it was flying through you. You said you don't have a recording of it, but it kept repeatedly flying back through you, right? No, what it is is on the video, I would I would reverse. Yeah, it's on video, but I don't have an audio recording of it. But a, the video recording, and I, like I say, I would play it back and then play it forward, play it back and forth, back and forth. And I have no explanation for it. I don't know how a bug would fly through your body. Um, I don't think it would. <laughs> wow. What What did that feel like? Did you feel anything? I That's it, just it. I didn't feel anything at that moment. And I don't know if I was meant to feel anything. Maybe possible that it's just there and it just making sure I'm okay. I wonder, I'm just putting this out there because, you know, mediums say they feel all the energy. I wonder if someone who's a psychic medium would feel it. People more like us wouldn't. Who knows? I'm, I'm curious as if I could have a psychic there with me when it happens again. Because I, I, I know it's going to happen again. So has it happened multiple times or... I only had two on recording so far. That's only. Which, you know, just catching it once, you'd say that's pretty cool. And it, maybe it's just a, an entity and it maybe looks like a, a fairy. I don't know. I tend to think one thing where we get um, maybe a little stuck, I think all of us, I mean, I, I don't even think just people who study this, I think all of us humans across the board do this, is we overly try to label and define things, you know, like we'll call it a fairy. Like we, I mean, it especially comes up when we try to understand things that are inexplicable by our current understanding of science. We overly try to define things like, oh, a ghost, a fairy. Uh, and I think 
they're just things that we do not have definitions for, that we have a very limited explanation in this part of this planet, this time of point in time. We've only see this minuscule slice and we try to define things through the knowledge we have of that when in reality it's probably something we just do not have the experience or the brain capacity or the understanding to define like trying to explain a color you've never seen imagine if you saw a color you've never seen before and you're sitting there trying to explain it you might be like well it was blue-ish maybe a touch of purple but not really you know you you can't explain it and or like if you Try to explain to a blind person what's it's like to see. Like I just, you have only the type of vocabulary of your experience. And I think that's where maybe a lot of the way we draw conclusions, I mean, all, like fairy, ghost, you know, who knows? It's it's orb. It's, I don't know. I, I, that's just something I try to think about a lot. And it's something we all have to work with because what else can we do? We're people with the vocabulary we have and the knowledge. But I think that's unfortunately why Sometimes either people dismiss this or people get hooked in sort of in explaining things one way. I, th I think it can be unfortunate. That's just something I've started to notice. I'm curious, just like just that kind of came to mind. Yeah. Well, and I'm with you. I mean, there's things we just can't explain. And if, say, if you believe in God and you believe in angels, maybe it's a form of an angel you know it, there's descriptions of different types of angels in the bible they're not all the same the paranormal world we're not even really scratching the surface if you think about it uh, my friend brandon and mustafa they have a, a camera that you can see photons and they actually used it on uh, one of the episodes of ghost hunter and now i think they're going to be using it on their new show you see things that you just don't on this camera. You don't see with your own eyes, and that you could see a guy walk across the room when they were using that camera. That's interesting. I'd want to look into one of those cameras. Are they like a billion dollars though? A camera that sees photons? I feel like that'd be like something in a science lab that like a lab has to raise funding for, let alone an individual. Yeah, I could probably. I could probably sell everything I own and still not be able to afford that thing. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, it's also interesting. I like that you mentioned God and angels in this too, if that's what you believe. Because one interesting thing I've noticed too, this is just my personal thing. Again, I'm not anyway knocking religion, but as someone who's an atheist, I'm in very early grief when I would read NDEs, near-death experiences about people talking about God and angels, I would make me think, oh, God, this isn't true. And then I started to read and delve in a lot more. I'm like, it's just really people are using the vocabulary of their culture and belief system. And so two different people, or let's take one, I'm just gonna give an example, let's make up like a spiritual or like inexplicable experience. And depending on your belief system, you might talk about it completely different ways. Someone could be like, you know, I had this NDE and then God came and spoke to me and angels were hugging me and they told me I was going to be fine. It wasn't my time. And that God took me to see my mom who was in the waiting room with my aunt and they were saying he has to come back. And then they find out that's true. Then you could take a science minded person who would be like, I can't explain it. I felt these energy waves Maybe they were coming from, I can't define where, and these energy waves rode through me and I had an understanding and somehow my consciousness that's not local was out of my body and I 
used my whatever senses not attached to my body where I heard my mom and aunt say, you know, and that's the exact same story told from a different perspective. And I think that's something if you can kind of get past your belief system, you can hear a lot more stories or experiences without dismissing. Does does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Well, and don't get me wrong. Everybody has their own idea of who God is. And I, I don't knock anybody for what they believe whatsoever. I have an opinion and a different perception of what I'm believing God to be. And that's only through my own spiritual journey that uh, I believe that there is a universal consciousness. It may be the universe itself. I, I don't know. But I'm going to try to explain this the best way I can. I, because this universal consciousness, you've got, say, it's 1890, just to pull that out of the air, okay? So you got one guy on one side of the world and a guy on the other side of the world. Have no connection, never met, probably will never meet. They come up with an invention, you know, let's just say the, the telephone or whatever, the telegraph, something like that. But they both have the same idea. That might look a little different, but pretty similar. How is it they come up with it at the same time? And that's happened time after time after time. So I think it comes from somewhere. That happens so much. And there's theories. There's, I guess, Rupert Sheldrake talks a bit about the morphic resonance, collective unconscious, and biocentrism by Robert Lanza, one of the first scientists who ever, I believe he was involved in the cloning of sheep, uh, the first sheep to be cloned. I mean, he's a brilliant scientist, has won prizes, and he talks about biocentrism, which is a universal consciousness that created the universe and creates matter. And some people might call that God. They might call it God in a totally different way. We don't really know. It's just about, I think, just having curiosity and really respecting that people come from different viewpoints. And everyone almost everyone <laughs> has something interesting to say. I mean, maybe that central consciousness or universal consciousness is where atoms actually come from. And I mean, don't they all have some kind of code in them where naturally no certain things because it's encoded in these atoms or molecules? I'm not a scientist, so I don't know the technical terms here, but you know, maybe that's why God is omnipotent and he's here and he's there he's everywhere i mean it's just thought that's something that i've sat and thought about and that's about being curious and yeah i guess there is also something again that goes back to Robert sheldrake but i think there's been other studies too where i believe they did an experiment where they taught mice techniques and they had them learn th and they really took some time for the mice to learn and then their offspring and future offspring easily it, it was a maze they taught mice this maze it was a complex maze the maze took time learn the mice took time learning the maze and then their offspring or great offspring just each one got better and better and the maze became instinctual to them and they just knew how to do it as time went on just instinctively not being taught by their parents and that definitely says something about our knowledge becoming encoded. No one can understand that, really. Not the best scientist ever. At this point, doesn't mean we won't have a better understanding, but how much of that is just physical? How much of that 
runs deeper, how much of that is encoded in someone might call God, someone might call like a cloud. I know it's something also I've mentioned on this podcast before, super psi, which is like a universal cloud. And they wonder if mediums are downloading from that. Maybe it'll come and turn out to be something we can't even imagine. Who knows? You know? I mean, I want to believe that there's something out there. Otherwise, why are we here? What is the purpose of all this? And this universal consciousness, it, it, it puts out all this information, stuff you already know when you're, when you're born. And I mean, you could be out on your own in, in this world, but you'd still know. And like, uh, the, the, the commandments, you know, do unto others and don't kill and all these different things are, they're there. And they're instilled in us, but somehow it says, okay, well, I'm going to give you free will to decide whether you want to do this or not. I mean, there's so many questions there. I mean, we could get into this conversation and stay on it for days. You know what I mean? And then that gets into philosophy, too, which I could spend forever talking about. But I think I actually want to go back to your ghost hunting because... You, I'm sure you have other or paranormal investigations. All right. I'm sure you have some other absolutely fascinating stories. Is there anything you at first thought was paranormal or inexplicable and you discovered a normal explanation for it? Approximately 185,000 murder cases went unsolved from 1980 to 2019. On average, 66% of homicides are solved each year. So what about the other 34%? Alarmingly, the number of murder cases that went unsolved by police hit a new high in 2020, resulting in only 50% of cases being solved, leaving far too many families with no answers, no resolution, no closure. That's why we investigate and report on unsolved cases, to spread the word in hopes of helping families who are searching for answers. We don't sleep, we're just actively looking for her. These girls were alive, they were living, breathing people, they weren't a picture in the media. There was a a body found in a truck recently. None of us know anything about that body, Who, who was it, what happened. What could have happened? Who could have been involved? There's no answer. And and it's just horrible. A true crime series investigating mysterious unsolved cases. Real people, real stories, real crimes. Tune into Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. Available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. We are at Speaking of Crime on Instagram and Facebook and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. That's what I go into an investigation looking for a rational explanation for what's going on. We went to a house in my old hometown of Baytown, Texas. These these people were they said they were experiencing apparitions and stuff supposedly being moved around, whatever. You know, a lot of investigators go in automatically thinking, okay, there's a ghost, we're trying to find it. 
You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what could be causing this. So we have a, uh, an EMF detector, which is electromagnetic field. And I'm, I'm going through the house trying to figure out if there's any high readings. Went up into this attic. And for some of you younger listeners, um, back <laughs> years ago, before I was born, they would run wiring through a house and they'd have this cloth, almost almost looks like a string or a shoestring that would go around the wiring. And that in itself is not a smart thing to do, but that's what they came up with back then. <laughs> and these, these people had cut pieces out of it to expose the wire and they wrapped wires around it and had attached to a, a light fixture. And when you turned on the light, the light would go, <laughs> would come on. Well, sure enough, I mean, that's going to make the readings on your device just go nuts. And that's, that's not good. Some people are very sensitive to EMFs and you can have hallucinations and other things from it. Can you just define an EMF for our listeners? What's an electromagnetic field? Oh, it's field. I thought it was frequency. Okay. Well, electromagnetic, I guess you could say frequency, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a field. It's a field of energy. And on top of that, literally over their backyard was a, a transformer. So it's literally over their backyard. I could stand underneath it when you walk in the backyard. So you're getting lots of, of this energy all throughout the house. I have a feeling they were sensitive to it. Some people even get headaches and nausea and other things from it. I'm, me, myself, it doesn't affect me. And uh, that's where I believe it was coming from. So, uh, I mean, we've gone into other places where... Like a, I can't say where because I'm sworn to secrecy. Secrecy, but it's I will say it's a, a a fire station, and they had it investigated a bunch of times. They said that they would hear chairs rolling across the the uh, the upstairs. And these are firefighters who called you in. They're firefighters. Mm -hmm. And they're reliable. I think everyone would consider firefighters overall yeah. reliable, grounded, logical, not quote unquote woo people. Yeah, you would you wouldn't want a nutcase out trying to fight a fire in your house for sure. And then they said that they would hear voices upstairs and uh, you know, things like that. And so I'm excited. I'm thinking, wow, we're really going to get some paranormal activity. Well, at a certain time at night, there was a uh, an old fax machine upstairs and it would reset itself at a certain time and you would hear what sounds like rollers in the machine when it would reset itself. And I'm like, um, that's where you're getting that from. <laughs> and they were like, well, what about the voices? And it would always be around two, two thirty in the morning. Well, there's a bar literally across the street and it lets out at about two o'clock in the morning. So you got people out there that are uh, inebriated <laughs> and they're a little loud. <laughs> and I believe that's where they were getting the voices from. Other little noises. I mean, when the air conditioning kicked on, they had, you know, they have those false ceilings. They lift and they make noises and, you know, different stuff like that. So 
when you have overzealous uh, investigators that are willing to say, oh, this is a ghost before they really do some intensive investigating, uh, then you tend to believe, oh, yeah, we got a ghost. But I, I hated to deflate their their story, but <laughs> that's what it was. Are people usually a little disappointed when you find a normal explanation? Are they relieved? Or Well, it's, it's kind of mixed. I mean, some people are really wanting to know that it's just something natural that's happening, so they're less afraid. And then there's those who are like, oh, man, we've had a good ghost story for all these years, and now, now it's not true. But, you know, every once in a while you get that investigation that you just have stuff happen you can't explain. And I don't put a whole lot of evidence up on our social media simply because I don't, feel that it's really paranormal but when i do put any evidence up i always encourage people to say hey can you explain what this might be maybe they have an an idea that i didn't come up with and i can explain it away um not too many have come back and told me that it, that they knew what it was so and what percent of times in general, obviously not exact, what percent does it turn out to just be a normal explanation versus something that you conclude is most likely paranormal or you just can't explain? No, just a wild guess. I'd say anywhere between 90 and 95% of it's just something natural. That must be so exciting when you get something and you're like, I just can't explain this. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> we that same house that we did in spring i left the my digital recorder going in the room and i slept in the same room with a, a, a friend of mine and all the girls they stayed down the hallway and we neither one of us could hear each other but and mind you i didn't sleep i can't sleep in other people's houses for some reason but i got on the recorder what sounded like a lady having sex. <laughs> I'm serious. One lady or like, where is she with a partner, like a man or woman? Or? You couldn't tell if she was with someone, but I mean, it was, it sounded like they were right there in front of the recorder the whole time. Like they had put it up to their mouth and just, you know, those noises that a woman makes when she's having a good time. <laughs> right. Well, that's funny. And do you think there's any chance someone was pranking you guys? Because that would be kind of a funny prank. Or is there no way that could have happened? I mean, I wouldn't know how they could have done it because, like I said, I was up all night and uh, nobody came into the room. And my buddy wasn't talking in the sleep. And if he did, he his voice had to gone up a few octaves. <laughs> and you probably would have heard. You, you think you would have heard something as loud as it was, but it only showed up on the recorder. That was going to be my question. You didn't hear it happening live. You just heard it later. Nope. Most everything that I catch EVP wise is always the EVP. I never hear it when I'm there. So I, I have no I have no idea of explaining how it got there. So I also have a question. I want to back up. You said you had you used to think psychic and mediumship was all nonsense and then you had a reading and i don't know if, if anything's too personal if there's something that's not too personal what was the amazing 
evidential, a few examples that she said or he said that made you change your mind? Well, we had uh, we had an appointment to go see a psychic, and it was for my wife. It wasn't for me, and I was just I was just there for support. And we we got there, and soon we sat down. She looked at me and she said, "Do you?" just lost somebody didn't you and she says i mean like really really recent and i was a little set back because my grandfather had literally just passed away that morning and she said i can't tell the name but his name starts with a b my grandpa's name was byron and there's i don't know how she would have known that that had happened because i mean it literally just happened we hadn't even told anybody yet i mean other than the family that was there, nobody else knew yet. And uh, she started to get into her reading with my wife and she started chuckling a little bit. And she goes, why do I keep hearing the water boy? And my wife and I just looked at each other and busted out laughing because the running joke between my wife and, and her kids is every time we're out driving around, we're always quoting from the water boy. It's like our favorite family movie. <laughs> I mean, how do you explain it? I mean, how would she know this? Nobody knows that. I mean, everybody knows it now because I just said it, but nobody knew that. Just little, little, they're not little things. They're actually big things, you know? How would she know? And then we've, we got to be friends with her, and eventually we asked her to join our, our paranormal team. And we took her on an investigation, and the lady that, own the house um she pulled her off the side and she says look i'm i'm getting some entities here and one of them is like a child and this this child passed away the mother um was pretty much kind of exiled from the family and nobody wanted to have anything to do with her um seems like she kind of let a wild life and she had this kid out of wedlock and the family didn't approve and kid got sick and passed away and the lady looks at me and looks at her and says no nothing like that in our family so you know in my mind i'm like oh maybe i was duped the first time you know maybe she, maybe she could read my mind or something i don't know but a couple of days later, the lady calls me up and she goes, you're not going to believe this, but I just talked to my mother and she had a, a sister that would go out partying, drinking and all that stuff. And she got pregnant and apparently, I guess, neglected the kid and the kid passed away. How do you explain that? How would she know that? I mean, the lady herself didn't even know that. Wow. And that's such a sad story. And that's such a unique story. That's not a lucky guess at all. I mean, some psychics, like the ones you see that have the big storefronts, like at the carnivals or, you know, just the, those ones that advertise on billboards and all this other stuff, they have a way of prodding information from you or they can look at you and they can tell by certain quirks if they're getting close. You know, they'll kind of come up with some names or, 
you know, letters or whatever. And if you kind of have a reaction to it, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. But something like cold reading. Yeah. How, how in the world would you guess that? No, you absolutely can't. And then also that this woman said it's not true. At first, A, she's not reading her mind. She didn't sneak in, you know, read her journal or whatever, read over, like spy a few days before and overhear family conversations. You can dig through and dig through and eventually you start trying to dig through enough normal explanations that you don't find. They start getting a pretty remarkable body of evidence. She's doing stuff like that time and time again. And I started to become a believer after that. And when she tells me something, then I, I tend to, to listen. I mean, she knew my wife was going to end up with a white cat with one blue eye and one green eye. And, well, she's in there. Her name's Kara. <laughs> okay, tell that story. I remember you telling that to me before on your show. If you don't mind sharing it. Well, she part of the reading that she did for my wife, she says, I keep seeing a picture of a white cat with a blue eye and a green eye. And she says, you you will have that cat one day. And, you know, my, my wife was like, yeah, I dream about that all the time. I've always wanted one. And, I mean, that was another thing. How would this lady know? But she knew. And... Anyway, it was, I don't know, a year or two later, we uh, we had went to a nail salon, I believe it was, and my wife was, you know, getting all purdied up and whatnot. And, you know, I, being a guy, I don't want to sit in there. <laughs> there was a, a pet store right next door, and I, I walked in, and there, there was a cat in the window, and I wanted to, to look at it because it was a white cat. And they had a special going on that day. I mean, I got the cat. I got the carrier. Cat had all its shots, was fixed the whole nine yards. Got it for 25 bucks. And one blue eye and one green eye. And I'm like, I have to have this cat, you know. So um, I, I, I bought it without telling my wife. And I walked in and said, hey, I kind of did something. And she looked and, she, you know, fell in love with her right away. And uh, that, that's how we got Kara. That was meant to be your cat. So I don't think I've ever seen a white cat with one blue eye and one green. What blue and green was that? It or blue and brown? Blue, blue and, and green. Blue and green. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely her cat because that cat follows her all over the place. Oh, so cute. Also, you mentioned you're really interested now in UFOs and life on other planets. Do you read Leslie Kane? She is a New York Times journalist, and she wrote. First of all, a best-selling book on UFOs and life and other planets. She's also the one, she wrote the book Surviving Death that the Netflix series is based on. And she's just a very grounded, logical person. And she does a lot of investigation and research into UFO reports. And she wrote a great book on that. Side note, you'll love her. But and so now tell me your interest in, is it UFOs, life and other planets? Well, I've, I've always kind of had that curiosity if there is life out there. But, you know, being a paranormal show, I didn't want to just stick to ghosts. It's, I mean, there's so much to the paranormal world. And I started reaching out to different people in, in the, the UFO world. One of them was uh, 
Jan Harzen, who he is the director for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. I had several, several people from Ancient Aliens on the show. Uh, Carolyn Corey, the one. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember all the names and they're not coming to me. But uh, one of them also was the lady that owned the Crystal Skull. I mean, not the Crystal Skull, the, uh, the uh, Star Child Skull. And uh, by the way, that's fake. So sorry to dash anybody's uh, hopes. <laughs> Wait, what is the Star Child Skull? I've never heard of this. So, and then how did you find out it was fake? Uh, because the lady that owned it, she had it studied and found out that it was fake. But uh, So she's not trying to trick people. She's an honest person. and Yeah, she, she's an honest lady. So, uh, But she's, she's like the uh, director of the uh, Texas chapter of MUFON. Anyway. Uh, what is MUFON and what is the, is it, you said Starseed Skull or Star Child Skull? I don't the know. The Star Child. Okay. I don't know what either of this is. So let's say uh, MUFON is, is the mutual UFO network. Uh, MUFON is like the most popular group that studies UFOs in, in the world. Anyway, the, for, most people that are really into UFOs know what it is, but they found this skull, and it's it's an elongated skull, and it it just has a weird look about it. But it was a, I I believe, uh, you know how in I think it's I'm I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but I think it's in Africa where they put those rings around people's necks and heads and stuff like that to, to reshape them. Yes. Well, I believe that's what they had done. And I, but I think this kid was born with some kind of a deformity or something where the, uh, the, the cracks that are in your skull or the natural seams that are in your skull, somehow it, 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 it grew different than what most people's grow. I may be getting this wrong, but uh, if my memory served me, that's what it is. But anyway, um, she ended up obtaining it, and she had tests and everything done on it and found out that it is it is a human skull. But the story sounds good. <laughs> it shows her credibility, too, to have it tested and be honest, because someone could find that and either lie and say they know it is want attention or money or someone could not investigate properly and genuinely believe and not question and not check so i think that speaks well of her you know talking to all these people just in the stories that i heard were uh, just gave me a more of a curiosity for it and i'm starting to kind of lean more towards maybe there is something out there but i mean the government came out and said that there's UFOs. So, and that was the, a lot of the Leslie Kane investigation. And UFO just only means unidentified flying objects. So, who knows? I mean, maybe it is something from other planets, maybe not. We just don't know. But how can there not be life on other planets? How can there not? There, what forms there are, we don't know. In our solar system, I wouldn't be surprised they find like a bacteria, but there's no way there aren't other Goldilocks Earth style planets. They're finding tons of them. There's no way that some of them don't have intelligent, human level intelligent, or not even more intelligent 
very likely more intelligent forms of life. And regarding like UFOs or spaceships coming here, why not? People always say too that like, oh, you know, you have to be brilliant to be able to fly to another planet and no species could be that brilliant or their bodies couldn't sustain that. How do we know? Maybe you don't have to be any more brilliant than us. You'd have to say, oh, someone would have to be the best swimmer ever. It's not possible to stay under the ocean for a full day, but then you have fish. We don't know what their bodies are acclimated to. We don't know what their lifespans are. So maybe like a thousand year spaceship travel is the equivalent of like a month to us or even a year. People are thinking of moving to Mars and I guess it takes about a year to fly there. Maybe I'll have to double check how long, but we don't know what their bodies are acclimated to. We don't know what their lifespans are and how they experience time. So we just don't know. They may have figured out other ways to travel that we don't know. That too. Wormholes, right? Exactly. Uh, You know, maybe they know how to maneuver through wormholes and things like that. I mean, we'd have to be arrogant to think that we're the only intelligent life out there. And, I mean, relatively speaking, we're fairly young. True. And who knows? I feel like we're doing so much destruction of the planet and maybe we evolve and destroy it. It's this grim slash not theory. I mean, maybe that's kind of a lot of us just keep destroying and then re-evolving and eventually you get a species and maybe to a level of intelligence that you aren't so self-destructive and that species evolves and evolves and evolves past where maybe us humans will be able to, depending how things go over the next couple hundred years. And you develop a species that's able to you eliminate a certain level of self-destruction, you develop a species and evolve to a species that can space travel. Think of it like this. When computers were first invented, they were huge. And who would have ever dreamed that we have them in our hands now? Yeah, wasn't there one that was like, it was like the size of a full room? Am I mm-hmm. right? Just an average room? And- yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, cell phones and all these other people would have never dreamed that was possible. But they're here. Yeah, you'd see like likenesses to them in sci-fi movies that were considered complete sci-fi and still not even to the level we have. But, you know, you take someone from like not even that long ago, like the 1960s or 70s, someone who was an adult then and you showed them today. Let's say it was presented to them that it was just a movie and a fiction movie about today. But if it was actually accurate, I mean, they would say, oh, we can't really do that about multiple things. I bet cell phones would be something that would just seem kind of like sci-fi. And maybe teleportation is part of what they're doing. We haven't been able to teleport anything big, but scientists are working on teleporting. I believe it was a proton and they're able to teleport a proton or an atom or neutron. I forget, but they were able to teleport a tiny particle. And granted, like, you or I can't teleport tomorrow or anything, but that's just step one to maybe a thousand year ability to teleport. Scientifically, that why if you can teleport one atom, why can you not teleport big object? There's particles that move so fast that they actually go back in time. So Right. What are those called? Are those quarks? Am I right? Or do you- I think they're called tachyons. Tachyons. And 
particles communicate faster than the speed of light, you know, in physics with the spin of one particle light years away will affect the spin of another. They notice when they entangle. I mean, just crazy things. Possibilities are endless. We are wrapping up on an hour. I'm not going to keep you 10 hours, even though I wish I would and get into major philosophical discussions that maybe like might lose some listeners on. But I have one question. What is your final conclusion now about survival of consciousness, afterlife, psi abilities? Do you think all of it's real? And if so, why would you say you finally come to conclude that? A lot of the things that I have found in my investigations have led me to believe a lot of things that I didn't believe before. Uh, so it makes me think that there's more possibilities out there with, uh, like with psychic abilities, things like that. They actually took a camera that can, uh, can get a, a, a picture of the, of your aura around you. And while this guy, he was a psychic, he was sitting in this chair and there's another guy next to him. And you could actually see in the camera his aura combining with the other guy's aura. And so that's probably where that communication is coming from. So I, I can't explain why it wouldn't. I mean, the, like I said, with the things that I experience with, with the psychic, that's made me believe, yeah, this is very much possible. Um, I've actually got photos of, of ghosts. And it's very, very distinguishable. You can't refute what you're seeing. It's not just, oh, I can see this. You know, there's, there's an, a, a, a thing about our brains that you can find faces and just so many things. You know, these are whole bodies. They're not just faces. So afterlife, yeah, I believe there is, there is something to the afterlife. Is it what we perceive it to be? I don't know. Maybe it's in you go to another dimension. I don't know. The closest we can know for now is evidence of NDEs, near-death experiences. But I guess, is there anything else you want to add that I haven't asked you? Um, well, I'm, I'll be glad to come back and talk about other ghost stories if you like. Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justice after the loss of her father, David Justice, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families, as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to Making Headway org backslash club care programs for a complete list of programs and activities. Ready to embody that next level calm and confidence? It's time to activate that part of your subconscious. Get the self-paced 11 minute a day program by me, author of Confidence Introvert and certified subconscious reprogrammer. Go to stephanietoma.com slash confidence boost. Use code WTF50 for $50 off.
Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to wtfjusthappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. Okay, so this is an interesting question. Going right there, making me think about where I'm at personally. Knowing all the evidence you know, are you still scared to die? Yes and no. Biologically, I think I have all the same instincts I always had, even before I thought there was an afterlife. And they kick in when there's major turbulence on a plane. I feel terrified. If I got a scary test at the doctor's, I'd probably feel really scared if a car comes speeding at me. Every physiological instinct to survive kicks in the same level it always did. I also still have a lot I want to do with my life. I don't feel at all ready to die. I would be very sad to find out I was dying now. However, I really don't feel afraid of dying in a logical, emotional way. You take away the instincts No, I'm not scared of it at all anymore. I mean, there's a little bit of the fear of the unknown, and I'm not 100% positive without a doubt there's an afterlife, even though I'm pretty much convinced. So I'm the least scared I've ever been. I don't have this existential dread I used to, and instinctively my body is as programmed as it always has been to want to fight to survive. And long-term, knowing that I'm going to die one day doesn't bother me.
And it, it used to bother me a lot. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Tell us about your show and where people can find you and follow you and listen. Well, if you get on YouTube, um, it is the broadcast, the Vibes Broadcast Network. And uh, when you go to my channel, you'll see there's all kinds of different stuff on there. I wanted to make it a more than just one subject. I know that's probably not feasible, but, you know, we, we do it. Um, I, I just want people to have fun. And I also want them to be informed if you're having troubles mentally, physically. I, I try to have guests on that can help with that. Uh, you know, being someone that's suffered from depression for most of my life, uh, I'm very sympathetic to that. So uh, I, I try to get as much help in that area as I can. And say we have the paranormal stuff on there. I actually, I actually do some other shows that have kind of been put on the back burner but uh, we have one for uh, for like couples therapy kind of stuff and uh, um, I have some other people that may come back to the to the network they do sports and things like that there's but there's there's a whole kinds of stuff you can find on there um, I mostly work on listen to the vibes which is the one you were on I, I, I guess I have guests on that just want to inspire and motivate people and help. I, I have a, a Google site. It's, if I, if I remember correctly, it's under the Vibes Broadcast Network. I'll put all the links in the show notes to all your stuff. Yeah, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the website, but you can find me on Instagram at Listen to the Vibes or Into the Pit. Into the Pit is uh, into underscore the underscore and then P period, I period, T period, T period. Underscore, yeah, that's a mouthful. Uh, my Facebook is uh, Kyle Coyote Yates, or the Vibes Broadcast Network, or uh, my Paranormal, which is uh, Pit Paranormal, and uh, I think Twitter is the Vibes Broadcast, and uh, we have a TikTok, but I I'll have to send you the link. I don't know what that one's called. <laughs> Okay, and I'll put all these links in the show notes to your Instagram and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. 
And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.